The title of my message today is Jesus is King. Write that down. Jesus is King. If he's King, then we should acknowledge him as King, right? If he's King, then we should come to him as a child. If he's King, then we should cry out to him. Am I right? And in this portion of scripture, we're going to really focus on three important things. And the three things is that uh, they cried out and, and called him Hosanna of the highest. And we see him riding on a colt. For this, it's very significant to us. This is when the prophets of old spoke that Jesus was going to come, the king, the Messiah, was going to roll into Jerusalem, and they, he was going to be acknowledged at that time as a king. How many of you love how Jesus just enters a place? And he did this, and when he did this, it was speaking to us about who God is. And the first thing is this, he is the highest. He is the highest. Look at your neighbor and say, he is the highest. In other words, he is sovereign. God is sovereign. You know, we, we look at that word sovereign, we hear the word sovereign. A lot of people say, well, that means that God's just going to do what he wants to do, and that's partly true. But if you look at that word sovereign, the first part of the word sov, actually it means that supreme. It means that God is supreme, and you look at reign, he's the supreme authority. Jesus is the supreme authority. Everybody at one time is going to bow their knee and acknowledge that Jesus is king over their life. Even if you acknowledge it right now, there is going to be a time, the Bible says, that every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Isaiah 45, 18, 22, and verse 22 says this. For the Lord is God. And he created the heavens and the earth, and he put everything in place. He made the world to, to be lived in, not to be a place of empty chaos. I am the Lord, he says, and there is no other. There is no other. Let me ask you, is God Lord over your life? Is he really king over your life? You know, in America... A lot of people proclaim to be a Christian. A lot of people will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. But is he Lord in your personal life? Is he Lord in your marriage? Is he Lord in your finances? Is he Lord in every bit of your relationships? Is he Lord over your life or do you just say that he's Lord? Because if he is Lord in those areas of your life, you're going to experience the right fruit in those areas of your life. Because when the king comes in, the blessing follows. When the king comes in, the results happen. Things begin to happen in your life. How many of you love that Jesus is the supreme ruler and you have a relationship with him? He is the supreme ruler. The doctor's word is not the supreme ruler. Your boss is not the supreme ruler. Officials, city officials and kings, they're not the supreme ruler. Every knee will bow down and you are able to have a relationship with him. 
Come on, I believe if we acknowledge that simple fact and believe it, it will change us forever. That he is in control, he's got the stars in place, he's got the sun in place, he's got the earth, he's spinning it all around, and yet you can have a relationship with him. The thing that boggles my mind is that God is sovereign, he is the, he is the supreme ruler of everything, yet he searches after us. See, a lot of times we think, well, he's ruler, he's going to be judged, and he is, he is the judge. And when we get to heaven, we're going to be judged for the things that we did and did not do. How many of you are glad that on the judgment seat that we are not going to be judged for the sin that we've done because it's washed by the blood of Jesus? That's going to be forgiven and forgotten. But the thing that God will see are the things that we would do. And a lot of people... They get a little hesitant when you begin to say that God is the supreme ruler because we have this thing in us that we want to do what we want to do and how we want to do it. But I have good news for you that Jesus is seeking after those that know that they can't do it alone. Jesus is seeking after those that understand that they are poor in spirit. I used to read that scripture and be like, poor in spirit, that seems horrible. God says, blessed are those that are poor in spirit, for the kingdom of God belongs to them. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? It is recognizing your needs for your creator. And God says, the kingdom of God belongs to you. See, religious people, it makes them crazy that God, his major intent is going after those that don't know him. He's sovereign yet he seeks to save. How good is that? How good is our God? Jesus was hanging around notorious sinners because that's what he does. And the religious Pharisees were getting, they were getting mad. You know, religion will get mad. Religion will get mad because, see, religion says God is supreme authority and I am perfect and I am favored by God because of all that I do right. I can do everything I need to do to have a right relationship with God. And God says, I'm not looking at you guys. Only the sick need a doctor. He said, I'm going to go away and I'm going to go find those that need a doctor. And in this moment, there's, a, there's a, uh, a picture in Luke 15 where these Pharisees are getting mad. They're getting upset because God is hanging out with tax collectors and would be drug dealers of this day and prostitutes and people that religious people will, would just kind of make faces at and think that they're lower than them. How is it that we have a king that is the king of the highest, yet he loves the lowest? And we're made of dirt and we think that we can be better than others. Come on. Nobody, nobody in this room is better than anybody. And everybody needs to acknowledge that they need a king. Maybe you're here and you've got issues. Maybe you're looking at somebody that's lifting their hands and saying, man, they have it all together. I wish I could have that. I know that God's getting, uh, they're getting God's attention. As a matter of fact, God is searching after you. God told this story when these Pharisees got mad. He said, Listen, this is the deal. Let me tell you a story. 
He said, there was a shepherd. He had a 100 sheep. One of the sheep ran away and was far away. And the shepherd went after the one sheep and brought them back into the fold, called his friends, and there was a celebration. He said, then there was a woman in a house that had 10 coins, lost one coin, lit a lamp, went in the dark places, searched after the one coin, found it, called all her friends, and celebrated. He said, then there was a son that went off and started to spend all, his, all of his inheritance on filthy living. And he recognized in that moment in the dirt eating with pigs that I can go to my father's house and be a servant and be treated better as a servant, much less a son. And the Bible says on his way back, the father was looking for him. Come on, this is our king. The father was looking for him, fell on the neck of the prodigal son and began to say, listen, I don't even want to hear what you have to say. Bring in the new clothes and clothe them. Wash them clean. Put a ring on his finger so he knows who he is. Put new sandals on his feet. Give him purpose. And he said, come on, kill the fatted calf. We're going to celebrate. What does Jesus celebrate? The people that feel like they have it all together know what Jesus celebrates is he's a sovereign ruler that goes after the lowly. He's a sovereign ruler that is able to, to go after it. Maybe you're like that sheep in a backslidden state, and you say, I'm far away from God, I can't go. No, God's looking at your heart right now. Although he's sovereign, although he's a judge, although he has every right to shun you and reject you, he's a sovereign king that is full of love. He's a sovereign king that is full of unfailing love and he goes after the sheep that started to drift away. Maybe you're in a dark place, but God's wanting you to begin to look at his light and be found. Maybe you're in a place of depression and loneliness. And I've been getting calls so much this week of people that found out they were sick found out they had cancer or they were depressed and they didn't want to live anymore, guess what? God has the answer. They feel like because I'm feeling this way, because I'm going through this, God is far away. As a matter of fact, God is closest to those that acknowledge that he's the king and that we need him. Come on. God is here today and he's searching. The Holy Spirit is searching and saying, who in here is acknowledging that I'm the king and that you need me? I love that we have a father that runs after us. I love that we have a father, even though we have done shameful things, he runs after us and he washes us clean and he brings us to a place of new purpose. Don't you love that we serve a God like that? God is searching after you. God is looking for you. God wants to bring you close by. There was a, a time, I, I believe I was probably like nine, eight or nine. My sister was probably like five, four or five. And we were at Catfish Charlie's. Y'all remember Catfish Charlie's? I mean, it's the only place in the world that you're excited about feeding rats at a restaurant. You ever thought about that? I had a kid, you were like, yeah, man, we get the stale crumbs and we go feed the Nutri-Rats in the stagnant pond and they come up in a swarm and begin to eat the food that you throw in there and we think it's awesome. 
People from up north are like, you are feeding rats before you eat. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? No wonder they judge us. <laughs> you know, you get older and like, yeah, we are kind of weird. <laughs> I used to love Catfish Charlie's, though. Remember the, the, the bread, the biscuits with the butter? Don't be thinking about food yet, but it's, it, is, it was delicious. But it was kind of like a, you know, it was a fun place. It was kind of loud, and, and uh, we were all hanging out as a family, and we were feeding the rats, and uh, we were coming back to kind of just get together to eat. And, and, uh, and then all of a sudden, my parents thought that my sister was with me, but I thought she was with my parents. You ever, those of you who have kids, it happens sometimes. I thought, no, no, I thought she was with you. And all of a sudden, there was this panic. There was this panic of where is Tiffany? And Tiffany wandered off. The first thing you think, you think of the pond. So we're all running over to the pond. She got attacked by the neutral rats. You know, <laughs> it was a Nutri-Rat takeover. You're thinking the worst. You're going all through the restaurant. And you're screaming. You're yelling. Finally, somebody went into the men's bathroom, and she was just sitting there hanging out <laughs> in the men's bathroom. Listen, after we found her, we didn't care about the food. We didn't care about the Nutri-Rats. We're like, we found our sister. She's not eaten by the Nutri-Rats. She's not kidnapped. You know, my dad, he's like, he's overthink. So he's running out in the parking lot seeing who's kidnapped his daughter. <laughs> and uh, But when we found her, we were so relieved. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. When you, when you think you lost your child and then all of a sudden you realize that they're found, it is a huge relief. And all of heaven right now is frantically going after those that are lost. Right now, all in heaven, angels, God, the Holy Spirit is searching after those that feel far away from God, maybe feel backslidden, maybe have a lot of issues in their life. They're frantically looking, and I believe today... They're going to find you, and, and God is going to begin to draw you. Maybe you've gone away for a while, and God's going to bring you near. Maybe you went in a dark place. God's going to begin to brighten you up and shine on you. Maybe, maybe you were full of sin, and you started eating with the pigs in the slop, and you kind of stink spiritually. But God is wanting to bring you near, and he's saying, we're going to have, we're going to have a celebration we're going to have a celebration. I love that Jesus, Jesus rode in on a colt. See, a colt in the Bible, a colt represents peace. If he would have rode in on a horse, it would have said that he's coming into Jerusalem to declare war. But Jesus came into Jerusalem to declare peace. Jesus comes in on a, a colt. And in our lives, we have to recognize that God's wanting to come into your life and bring peace to your life. Don't you love that Jesus shed his blood, broke down every wall of separation so that you can have peace with God? That's what Colossians says. It says that he shed his blood, we were far away, so that we can have peace with God and we can be friends with God. And when we're friends with God, we have this sense of peace that is not even 
you can't compare it with anything. You can't compare this type of peace. Jesus said in John, this peace I leave you. The world can't give it to you, but I'm going to give it to you. And today, maybe you feel like a separation from God. Maybe you feel far away from God. God is saying, I need you to believe that I'm the Prince of Peace. I need you to believe that I'm going to separate, I've separated every wall, and that you can have a relationship with me. How many of you want, you want a relationship with Jesus? You want that peace. He is your friend. You know, the Proverbs said that a good friend was born for a time of adversity. Although Jesus came in as a prince of peace, did, that, did not mean that he didn't go to war for you. Jesus went to war for you when he went on the cross. And the Bible says that when his blood shed, when Jesus' blood shed, it caused a public spectacle of the enemy. It, it says that it was as though when the nails went in Jesus' hands and feet, it was as though that Jesus shamed the enemy. And just like you would see back in the day with chariots, the enemy would be behind the chariot, naked and in shame and dead. The Bible says that that's what happened to, to the enemy when Jesus went to the cross. Your friend is going to war on your behalf. Your friend is going to war on your behalf. He's the prince of peace. If you're not feeling peace today, then you just need to go to him. What did Jesus say? Come to me. All that are heavy, all that are not feeling peaceful, come to me. I'm lowly. I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you peace. I'm not going to put any heavy thing on you, but I'm going to help you. And in your life today, maybe you don't have peace because of finances. Maybe you don't have peace because of a relationship. you got to know that you need to allow Jesus into your life so that he can be the prince of peace. Quit looking at other things to bring you peace. Begin to look at Jesus to bring, your, bring you peace. That pill's not going to bring you peace. It's a momentary band-aid. That extra drink is not going to bring you peace. That thing that you're smoking is not going to bring you peace. That relationship in the dark is not going to bring you peace. It only brings death. But Jesus said that I come. If you come to me, what are you going to today? What are you going to to bring you peace? I got to get away and go fishing. I love that. Bring Jesus with you. I got to get away on vacation. Jesus said, acknowledge me as your king. And come to me because I'm lonely and lowly and I'm looking at you and I'm looking the best. I'm looking at the best in you. When I look at you, I don't look at your flaws. I look at Jesus and I'm seeing you through the eyes of the blood of Jesus and I'm recognizing that this is my child and the enemy can't mess with God's child. You got to begin to see that yourself, that you can go straight to God, that there's peace in y'all's relationship. You got to throw away the thing that's making you feel far away from God because the Bible says that He's washed you, He has forgiven you, He has set you free, and your sin is in the sea of forgetfulness. Forget about it. Forget about it and come into peace.